So as the, the basket uh, finishes going around the room, we, uh, before the Advent season and the Christmas season, we were traveling through Mark. And I was just, I just kind of started us down that path because I just, I really, I mean, just doesn't take a rocket science. Now, it just seems that whenever we have these election cycles, they're just kind of getting worse as far as the tensions that are and the divisiveness and the uncivility. It just, it just ratchets up. And I just thought, you know, I don't, I don't want to focus on that. I want, I want to focus on Jesus. I want Jesus to be our North Star. I really want him to be the one that our, our you know, yeah, we've got all this going around. But when we need perspective, we, we see Jesus. And so now that the Advent's over and Christmas is over and we're in Epiphany, but I'm returning to Mark. And I just thought, wow, how interesting that we would end up in Mark 3. And uh, the message that really comes out of that is, how do we move from disunity to unity? And I just couldn't help but think, wow, Holy Spirit, you know exactly where we are. (laughs) And you just get us on the right page at the right time. Jesus spoke these words. If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And if a house, a household, a family is divided against itself, that house will not be able to stand. Nations and households divided against themselves cannot stand firm. They cannot hold their ground. They're shaky. They're vulnerable to collapse. Now, my interest this morning is not so much in talking about the disunity. I mean, we could have a long conversation about what's causing disunity. We could probably, in, the, in light of what's happening today, have a conversation about, oh, I don't, I don't even know if there's disunity happening. So, I mean, we have all these tensions. That's not my interest. My interest is just to say, I think we would all acknowledge there is some unrest in our nation... There's some unrest in the church, and there's some unrest in our families. I mean, could we just, can we just agree there that, yeah, there's some disunity happening. My heart, my emphasis is, well, how do you move from there to unity? How do we unify in the midst of a lot of disunity? Because I believe that that's, Jesus really wants us to be unified, not Disunified. Does that, is, that, can, is that okay? Is that fair? All right. That's, that's where we're going. So the question is, what brings unity to a disunited nation, a family, or faith? Just faith in general. Whether that faith is Christianity as we know it or between the faiths. What, what can there be a unity? So Mark three thirteen. Jesus went up the mountain. And he called to him those whom he wanted, and they came to him. And he appointed twelve, whom he also named apostles, to be with him, to be sent out to proclaim the message, to have authority to cast out demons. So he appointed the twelve. Simon, to whom he gave the name Peter, James, son of Zebedee, John, the brother of James, to whom he gave the name Peter. However you pronounce that, sons of thunder. 
and Andrew and Philip and Bartholomew and Matthew and Thomas and James, son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus and Simon the Cananean and Judas Iscariot who betrayed him. And Jesus went home. And the crowd came together again so that they could not even eat. And when his family heard it, they went out to restrain him. For people were saying, he has gone out of his mind. Jesus' family was divided. His family included Mary, his mother. He had brothers. He had sisters. And those, that, that nuclear family, they concluded that Jesus was spiritually and mentally imbalanced. And that family showed up in a public place in hopes of arresting him. Not, that's just, you know, that's grabbing somebody, arresting, not, they didn't have a badge. Arresting him and getting him back to the safety of the home. This family was divided. This is a dysfunctional family. If you start thinking that the members of your family are imbalanced, that's dysfunction. You start saying, without that, that's my crazy uncle. That's little, there's probably something that you need to look at. Jesus' family was divided. And what Jesus is going to say in a moment is true then and now. That family divided against itself would not stand until. So we're back to the question. What unifies a divided family? Is there any hope for Jesus' family? They're calling them nuts. Is there any reconciliation in that? How are they going to pull that one out? How can they be unified? So the story goes on. Then his mother and his brothers came. They were standing outside. They sent to him, called him. A crowd was sitting around Jesus. And they said, hey, <laughs> you're your mother and your brothers. Your sisters, they're outside. And they're asking for you. And they think you're loco. And he replied, who are my mother and my brothers? And looking at those who sat around him, he said, Here is my mother and my brothers. Whoever does the will of God is my brother and sister and mother. I believe that what Jesus is saying, and there's a whole context, and I'm trying to bring several things together from a whole story I haven't read to you, but what I'd like to say to you is Jesus is announcing the way you unify is you have a new and better family. And it's not a family that excludes. It did not exclude Mary. It did not exclude his brothers and his sisters. It's just at this point, he's starting with a new family. Twelve brothers in his family. And then there were others that were followers with him that filled that house. These were the people that was a new family. And then if you'll notice, there's twelve Apostles, that's not a mistake. That connection between the 12 apostles and the 12 tribes. 
And Jesus, I think, is saying there's, there's going to be a, a new nation growing out of this. Again, it does not exclude the old, but at this point, there's something that separates the old from the new in family, in nation, and then also in faith. Because Jesus says that statement, a house is divided against itself to a religious community, which we'll talk about next week, who are practicing a religion that cannot discern that Jesus is the Son of God and he's dealing with evil by the Spirit of God. He's not himself possessed by an evil spirit. And Jesus gives a very stern warning. Boy, if you... If you Wow, you're in big trouble if you give credit to Satan what God is doing. Now, you're, you're in trouble. So he's also introducing, I believe, a new and a better faith. And that new family, that new nation, that new faith is united by this. An invitation from Jesus to follow him. Follow me out of the disunity. Follow me out of the dysfunctional family. You see, that, I, I did that. That happened to me. At 17, thank you, Jesus, for young life. I was told the story of Jesus for the first time in my life at 17. On the high plains of Texas. Nobody ever told me that story. But young life came to my town. They did. And then they gave an invitation. Would you like to follow Jesus? And that day came that I said, I, yes, I want to follow Jesus. And that was a great day for me. And it was the beginning of a new life for me. And I went home and I stood in, in our family room and I told my mom and my dad, the three of us, I still see it, it's painted in my memory. Mom, Dad, I've decided to follow Jesus. Now, in families that were healthy, they would probably say, that's wonderful, son. You know, you're living in some troubled times. Uh, in the 70s, you know, navigating that. So we're really glad that you've got... My family didn't do that. The countenance of both my parents fell. And they immediately felt challenged by Jesus. It's because dysfunctional families are a closed system. And I was bringing home somebody that was going to blow that system up. And he did. So an invitation to follow Jesus is the way out of dysfunction, disunity toward unity. You start following Jesus, he's going to lead you into a unified family, a unified faith, a unified nation even. And it's also an appointment to a new calling because once you start following Jesus, he's going to say, now that you're following me, there's some things I want you to do. And notice what Jesus wanted his new family, the new nation, the new faith to do. Number one, I want you to be with me. I just want you to be with me. Talk about a simple gospel. Talk about a relational God. I just want you to be with me. Just spend time with me. Let's talk. Ask your questions. I'll answer. Listen. Let's be with me. If you, if you fast forward in the story, remember when his followers got in trouble early in Acts and like they're on trial 
And again, the religious know-it-alls are saying, you know, none of these guys have theological educations. None of them have gone through rabbinic school. They're all Jews, but they're fishermen. And the only thing they got going with them, they've been with Jesus. (laughs) So it made a huge difference that they were with Jesus. And what did Jesus, okay, you're going to hang out with me, and I want you to do what? I want you to go where I send you to announce to your generation, I am king, and the kingdom of God is arriving on planet earth. That's your message. Go announce it. With that announcement is always the invitation. Come follow Jesus. Come follow Jesus with us. Because he's the king. And the kingdom of God is arriving. And it's beginning to set things right on planet earth. And then he says, I I want you to receive authority. Because once you go announcing the kingdom of God's arrival, you're going to run smack into the kingdom of darkness. There will be a collision between the kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness. Between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of Satan. And you need my authority. You need the authority of God Almighty to tell demons to to leave. You're going to have to deal with evil on the planet. But you need my authority to do it. The unity that Jesus' new family had coming out of disunity, a disunified family, a disunified nation, a disunified faith, came with an invitation to follow Jesus, an appointment to a new calling. That new calling is simply doing what God wanted them to do. Divided families, divided nations, divided faiths unite when there's a positive response to the invitation to follow Jesus. When there's a positive response to the appointment to a new purpose. Simply doing the will of God. Doing what God wants. So I believe it leads to us responding today. And the question really is, are we as a community following Jesus? When someone asks you, well, you, you, you know, you, you go to that, you know, River City Vineyard. Uh, what do y'all do there? You know what I'd love to come off the lips of all of our mouths? Very first thing. We're following Jesus. Not, we have beautiful artwork on the walls, which is great. Oh, we sing really cool songs. That's just great. Oh, we're informed you can come. Great. Well, what's the one thing we got going for us? Following Jesus. And in following Jesus, are we united in following Jesus in our families? Whenever there is tension within our families, guess what? It's usually connected with, we're not all following Jesus. We're at different places with Jesus, and that brings this unity to our families. So one of the goals of each of us as a family, we want to be, 
following Jesus together. And when we are, that unifies us. We're moving together. And it would be the same thing for our faith in general. As people on the planet that trust Jesus, if we're all following Jesus, rather than our own agendas or whatever other agendas, that will unify us. But if we're not following Jesus, there is going to be disunity. And then I truly believe that if the people of God following Jesus are really following, that does affect nations. Jesus has a global plan. It involves simple people like you and me, but it's meant to be global. And until families and people in communities like ours and people in nations, until we're following Jesus, we've got to, if we're not making a positive response in following Jesus, we're still moving towards unity. It's not going to happen without Jesus at the front. And then are we a community that's doing the will of God? Are we doing what God wants us to do? Not doing what we think is best. We, you know, we can come up with all kinds of junk that's good, but it's not best. The top of the list is, are we, each of us, are we being with Jesus? Occasionally people say, y'all just sing too much. Well, we're not just singing. (laughs) We're spending time with Jesus. What happened this morning when we spent time with Jesus together? What happened? Hearts like flowers unfolded before him. So if you ever wonder, well, why do we spend 30 minutes in worship? It's because we're spending time together with Jesus. It's a priority for us as a community. And for each of us. I mean, how do we encourage each of us? How much time do each of us spend with Jesus? I mean, there are weeks that I'll go and not spend much time with Jesus. And I think, man, I am so sorry. And my week really hasn't gone as well as I do if I spend time with you. You know, he doesn't demand a lot of time, most of the time. He just wishes that we would acknowledge that he's part of our life and everything we are. So find out whatever your rhythm is. I'm a, I'm a morning guy. I drink coffee with Jesus in the morning. I've reclaimed my study. Katie, sorry, you know, I had to displace you. You got married. I, you know, I tried to work that out. So you get out of my study, and I could spend time with Jesus there. <laughs> Not really. Or back, I love to be outside when the sun is rising. Spending time with Jesus. We've got to spend time with Jesus. We need to ask him his perspective on every critical issue with the news that's blowing up around us. What does Jesus think about it? And the only way we can find out what Jesus thinks about it is if we spend time with him. Are we going, I mean, in spite of the circumstances, are we going where Jesus sends us, announcing that he is the king and that the kingdom is arriving? That's 
what he's asked us to do. And I, I, just want, I'm just, I just want us to recognize how incredibly simple it is. Truthfully, all we need to say after we start friendships with people and people begin to figure out what makes you tick, at some point you say, hey, would you like to follow Jesus with me? Sometimes people say, I'm not ready for that. I spent... I spent a year with a guy every Wednesday morning. The end of every... He'd ask tons of questions. Would you, would you like to follow Jesus? I mean, it always came to... It's following Jesus. It always came to that. I'm not ready for that. Okay. What kind of donuts are you going to bring next week? We did it all again. Are you ready to follow Jesus? I'm not ready to do that. Okay. Who's bringing the coffee next week? He finally followed Jesus. He still is today. That's our job. Our job is to invite people to follow Jesus. That's it. Invite people to follow Jesus. He'll take care of everything else. And we ought to know if we're going to take if we're going to announce the king and his kingdom that we, we need to understand that we're going to we're going to come into we're going to face evil. There is there is a darkness that keeps people trapped, and we need to have the confidence that he has given us the authority to deal with that evil. I love what Susan's prayer was. You know, we overcome evil with good. We overcome evil with good. We love our enemies. That's incredible. We do what God wants us to do in the way God wants us to do it. And one of the things I love about community is what Jesus is asking us to do is really hard, and it really is marching to the beat of of a different drummer and we've got to remind ourselves because we can be pulled away from following Jesus into other religious stuff in all kinds of ways. My friends, I believe that in the midst of so much disunity, there is a promise of unity. My focus is not on the disunity. My focus is on what unifies us. When a household, when a family, when a nation, when a church, when churches, when the universal church, when we unite in following Jesus and do what he wants, we stand firm. We hold our ground. That's his promise to us. So I'd invite you to stand with me in a way of saying we are going to hold our ground. (laughs) We are going to stand firm because we are following Jesus. I want to give each of us, you know, within community time, you want to give a little individual time as well. I would like each of us, if you haven't had a conversation with Jesus recently where you said, you know, Jesus, I love you and I still want to follow you. 
I would like you to have that conversation now. I think that's what he wants to hear from us, is I, I want to follow you. I still want to follow you. I haven't grown tired of following. I'm, there's still places for me to go with you. I want to follow you. So wh- however that works its way out in your own head and heart, would you just kind of pray that kind of prayer? And then also, if you're, I mean, we might as well be honest. Jesus, I don't want to follow you right now. You ought to be honest with him. And just tell him. Tell him what you're, why, what's, what's, why? What's going on? Why don't you want to follow him right now? Tell him. I'm, I'm struggling with it, whatever. So could I just invite us, and then I would come, I'm going to come back to end us with just as, as symbolically, just being the guy that's standing in front of us today, say that we as a community are going to follow Jesus. And I'm going to make that declaration in prayer, okay? So can we just have a little time doing that? Jesus, I simply want to say that we as a community commit ourselves to following you. We say yes. We want to follow you. And Jesus, we want to do what you want us to do. As a community, we want to spend time with you. We want to learn from you. We want to ask you tons of questions. We want to listen. We want you to transform us. We want to to live in a way that represents you and represents the kingdom that you've introduced to our world. And Jesus, we want to be empowered by the Holy Spirit to announce you and your kingdom to our neighbors and to the nations. We want to be empowered just simply to tell the people around us that God is doing something incredibly good. That we want to invite people to come along, come along with us, following Jesus, doing what he wants. And Holy Spirit, as we do that, I know that we will displace darkness. I know that we will run into evil. I know that there are spirits still very much alive holding captives. And so empower us when we discern that evil to deal with it, not just to run away, but to deal with it in your name and see you demonstrate the presence and the power of your kingdom on the earth now. Jesus, we want to do what our Father is asking us to do. So Father, fill us with the knowledge of what you want in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. This means that we'll be able to conduct ourselves in a manner worthy of you and give you real delight as we bear fruit in every good work and grow up in the knowledge of you. And we pray that we'll be given all possible strength according to the power of your glory, the power of the resurrection, so that we'll have complete patience, become truly steadfast, joyful, holding our ground firm, secure in your name. Amen. Thank you very much for our time together.